Yes, welcome back, or welcome for the first time to the Best Thing Podcast. This is episode 59, where I'm going to have this conversation with Stu Massengill. Stu Massengill is a top peak performance strategist for Tony Robbins. Yes, that Tony Robbins. And he talks about his journey of battling cancer and experiencing something what he calls worse than cancer. This episode is going to have you dialed up. So many amazing, powerful takeaways. Hey, look, listen, my book, Stop Living on Autopilot, is out. It is doing fantastic. I'm loving the feedback. I'm loving the thousands of copies that have been sold. I would like you to check it out. You can go to the show notes to buy it right now. If instead you would like to give it a test ride and read the introduction and chapter one at literally no cost, that link is also in the show notes. Check it out. And also, hey, I, I want to hear from you. I, I'm fortunate enough that I have a number where you can text me and you can let me know what's going on, guess that you suggest, what you're feeling. I also send out really powerful and inspirational, motivational messages every single week. So shoot me a text at 310-564-7124. That link is in the show notes. Once again, 310-564-7124. That is just for folks in the United States. I respond to every text message you send me. At first, you'll get a robot, but then it will be me. Okay, without further ado, let's get to episode 59 of the Best Thing Podcast with Stu Massengill. Welcome to the Best Thing Podcast, where we talk to thought leaders, creatives, authors, and entrepreneurs about how sometimes the best thing to happen to you is the most unexpected. Welcome your host, Antonio Neves. Hey everyone, welcome to the Best Thing Podcast, where I talk to people about the best thing to happen to them. That doesn't include the traditional markers of success. I'm your host, Antonio Neves. I'm the author of Stop Living on Autopilot, a speaker and a success coach. Each week, I bring on a new guest who has a powerful story to tell that will motivate, inspire, and help you see life through a new lens. Now, this week's guest is someone I was introduced to by my good friend, Mitch Matthews, who you've heard on the Best Thing podcast. And Mitch said, that this guy has a powerful story to tell, and he must be on the best thing. Sue Massengill is on a mission to change the statistic from 80% of people not loving what they do to 80% of people falling in love with what they do. He is a peak performance strategist for Tony Robbins and the founder of Finding Direction. Through his podcast, Finding Direction and Finding Direction University, he helps people go from lost in life to creating a life full of passion and fulfillment. As a high achiever under 30, Stu has accomplished many things in his life, including building an eight-figure business when he was just 20 years old. Stu Massengill, welcome to The Best Thing. Thank you so much for having me, Antonio. It's uh, it's an honor to be here, man. You're a uh, you're beautiful soul, so I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate that, and I should mention that, of course, I've been on your podcast, which was a lot of fun, and I really appreciate yeah, the approach to your podcast. It was at some point I forgot it was a podcast because we were just having a conversation, and those are the best ones. So I appreciate you. I want to start with this. So on your website and your bio, and I love reading people's bios. So I think <laughs> bios tell us a lot. I'm also very aware that bios don't tell the whole story. There's a, we're all <laughs> yeah. richly layered individuals. 
But you say I'm an average guy with above average dreams and goals. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I grew up in, I would say, like a really good environment. Um. I got two awesome parents, an awesome older brother that kind of always, you know, he and I yin and yang back and forth on just like pushing each other to to live a really good life. Um, and about when I was 19 years old, so I was just going to college, I went to San Diego State University. Um, I was introduced to a business, a network marketing company. And for four years, I was just immersed into this. Like I dropped out of school to do this. I like went full in 24 hours a day. It was what I, what I breathed, what I ate, what I slept. Um, and one of the biggest things that happened for me in that four-year process was I was surrounding myself with people that were dreamers. And I was surrounding myself with people that said, you can live this type of a life. Or you, like if you want to do that and you want this to be the type of life you want to have, you can absolutely do that. And I just surrounded myself with so many people that did that. And I immersed into so many, um, you know, I would go to like, weekend long seminars and I would listen to the audios in my car and I, I just became obsessed with personal development and really it built this belief that's like so 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 deep in me now that you can create any type of life you want and I think I think it really a big part of it came from my parenting and my parents are amazing people but really ingrained in me in that four years give me your perspective uh all of us are dreamers. I feel like from the time we, we grow up, we we start dreaming and we have these big aspirations and goals for ourselves. And you know, I write about this in my book, Stop Living on Autopilot. But at some point, something something happens and we stop dreaming. We we stop playing like kids. And we start having this kind of consistent refrain that we hear about you gotta get ready for the real world. The real world, from your perspective and all the, the men and women you've had the opportunity to work with throughout your career. Why do people stop dreaming? Yeah, there's a, there's a quote that pops in my head. I, I, I need to look up who says it because I, I reference this quote often. Uh, I think it was by Will Smith. And he said, if you can fail at the things you don't like, you might as well try the things you do like. Right? If Ooh. you can fail the thing you don't love, you might as well try the thing you do love. And I think really what happens for people is like, you know, we're all we're all living in a world that's based on the experiences we've had. And then we grab beliefs from those experiences. And I think somewhere in life, people have enough experiences where a mom, a dad, a friend, an aunt, an uncle, a teacher, someone around you, you've heard it enough goes, you got to take the safe route or that's the secure one. Or that's the one where, you know, you can create this life. That's going to, you know, really support you to support a family and do the things you want. Um, and there's more people in the world promoting that message than the message of you got this. You can do anything you want. Be a dreamer, like create the life you want. Um, and I think because there's more of the first one, people tend to pick up those beliefs. And it's interesting, like we've been in COVID over the last almost year now, which sounds crazy to say. And this is this is the biggest proof you could get in the world that nothing's safe. Like if you're going to go take this, this job or this gig or this thing, because your mom or your aunt, or your teacher, or your uncle, or whoever said it's safe, COVID has proven nothing's safe, right? You don't have certainty. You never know what's going to happen. So, you know, my biggest thing is like, you got to figure out what were those experiences you had early that built those beliefs into you. 
And something someone once told me um, just the other day, I was listening to church and someone goes, you can't solve. I, I, I'm 27, 28 in a couple of days. Um, and it's like, you can't solve 27 year problems with your 20 year old self. And it's like, some of us are going through life and we're trying to figure out what we want to do with, with our life. And we're looking back at maybe the way we thought years or decades ago. And at some point you got to step into your adult self and say, okay, I'm the one in charge of my life. And what beliefs do I want to hold and grab onto to create the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of my life? Are they going to be the ones from when I was a little kid and someone gave me this message? Or am I actually going to step up in my life and pick the beliefs that I want to build my life? Yeah, what you're really hitting on, man, is maturity, right? And I think when people talk about this whole notion, what does it mean to be an adult? It really means being willing to make decisions. And a lot of people are unwilling to make certain decisions. Something you mentioned for yourself is the people that you spent time with. Those people helped you dream. And I'm sure for a lot of listeners, and I know firsthand in my life that they're thinking, well, that's good for you, Stu. Good for you, Antonio, that you're around these dreamers. You have these people in your life. Because a lot of people have those folks in their life that are saying things like, look, I just want what's best for you. I'm not sure if you should move across the country or you should start that company or you should travel around the world, et cetera. Like, I just want what's best for you. And you got to be careful when people say that. So could you just talk briefly about intentional relationship building? I know something you talk about is how important networking is uh, to serve at the highest level of life and open up new doors of opportunity and how you've intentionally been able to surround yourself with the right people when of course there are so many wrong people we could easily find. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I'm, I'm innately an introvert. Um, you know, I've learned extrovert qualities, but I'm someone I've learned to love to be by myself. Like I enjoy myself. I enjoy my presence. I think that's an incredible gift anyone can give themselves. Um, but what I've done is I take kind of like an audit on who am I surrounding myself with and who are the people that when I'm around them are going, don't do that. That's not a good idea. You could never make that happen. Um, or people that don't even say that, but through their actions, that's what their life looks like. Because at the end of the day, you can give all the advice you want, but your action, your action is, is the truth. Your life is the truth. Um, and so I, I kind of look at who are those people and then I look at who are other people that I could surround myself with that are doing incredible things with their life that when I'm around them, they're saying, oh, try that or do this or just go for it or just, you know, try that crazy thing that you're thinking about. And those are the people I try to surround myself with more. Now, one thing that's really interesting, and I've, I've been more aware of this probably the last six months because I've been trying to more intentionally build the relationships I have is what I've noticed for myself, and I think this is true for people oftentimes, is it's easier to surround yourself with the first types of people. It's easier to surround yourself with the people that maybe you've hung around for a while and you know they just don't really live the life they want, but, that, but they're okay with it. And the reason that it's easier to hang out with them is because it's comfortable. There's no, they're not gonna push you to grow. They're not gonna encourage you to, they're not gonna expect anything from you. Versus the other people that maybe can push you and encourage you, sometimes what I've noticed is my ego will come into play, right? And be like, oh, I'm going to be around these people. Like, am I, am I qualified enough to be around these people? Am I good enough to be around these people? Am I playing on that same level of them? Um, 
and I'm not going to lie, it's something that still is a bit uncomfortable for me sometimes, but I'm learning to say, if those are people that I'm uncomfortable around, those are probably good people to be around because they're pushing me to become a better version of myself. And, you know, one last quote that I'll kind of throw in there that I learned from Tony, that's, I think, one of the true statements is he says, you're a direct correlation of the expectations of your peers, Mm. right? So if you're around people that don't expect much, your life's probably not going to be much because your peers don't expect much. If you're going to be around people that expect greatness, you're going to have to step into that greatness if you want to hang out or stay, stay hanging around with them. Oh, that's powerful. And the Tony that he references there is Tony <laughs> Robbins that, you know, I may, I may have a question for you about him in a quick moment, but I want to get back to beliefs, right? You talk about how challenging it can be sometimes to spend time with folks who have good things going on. It's easier to spend time with people that have drama, that accept the status quo, et cetera. And spending time with those, those allies of glory, as I like to call them, requires <laughs> a different version of ourselves. Uh, you talk a lot in your work about belief systems and how important they are. Uh, you mentioned earlier going to church. So I'm curious for you, for those folks that hear that and say, you know what, Stu, I'm in the exact same boat. I feel uncomfortable around people who are doing good things. I feel stretched. I don't feel comfortable, et cetera. How can they instill that belief in themselves or be willing to, if you will, as I like to say, endorse themselves regularly in those moments when you were uncomfortable, when you were stretched, how did you not run away from that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's innate quality that we have as humans that we want to give. We want to contribute. We want to be a part of something. We don't want to just be someone that kind of, you know, tags along as the person that's just like dragging things down. We want to be a contributor to society or a contributor to our friend group or a contributor to a relationship. Like that's how we get more fulfillment in our life is by contributing to things. And one of the things that I've noticed is in moments where I feel a little out of my comfort zone, I try to find any way that I can add value, like any way that I can add value, because whether that's literally, can I take this person to lunch and buy them lunch? Because then I'm adding value to them. They're getting free lunch now. Um, like for example, I just had a buddy that I'm, uh, hanging out with this weekend and he helped me with some stuff, some different marketing things we're doing, finding direction. And after, because he's more expert in that he's, he's hot, he's playing a higher game than me. I was like, Oh, you know, we live close to each other. I'm going to go buy you a round of golf this weekend. And so we're going to golf and the value I'm adding to his life is just paying for his round of golf. And so it's like, I would say find little ways you can add value, whether that's, you know, uh, buying someone lunch, whether that's volunteering to help their organization, like, you know, some way that you can add value to them. And then you leave that relationship and hanging out with that person going, sweet, I I contributed to this relationship. And that makes also that other person want to hang around you more because you're someone that's contributing to the relationship, not just um, a leech is a, a too aggressive word, but you know, you're not someone that's just coming to get. Yeah, I love that. I love the being willing to contribute. And when in doubt, how can I add value? It makes me think about over the course of my, my book, Stop Living on Autopilot, coming out. So many people were, were helpful in supporting the book and, and, and still supporting the book right now. You were one of those people, am I being on your podcast? And I still remember asking a friend, like, how can I support you? Thank you so much for your advice, your feedback, support, et cetera. What can I do? And she said, nothing, I'm good. But I, that wasn't enough. I wanted to do something. And I still remember saying, well, are there any organizations that you believe in? Any nonprofits that I can support? And she gave me the name of one. And the way I added value was making a, a small donation to this organization. I'm not saying that to toot my own horn, 
But those things go far, even when people say, no, you don't have to do anything. And by the way, Stu, you live in the San Diego area, so you're a good friend because uh, buying a, a round of golf for somebody in San Diego could cost you a few hundred dollars, depending <laughs> upon where you go, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a nice thing to do for people that are adding value to your life. So, you know. Absolutely. That that investment will come back to you in, in many different ways. Uh, we mentioned Tony Robbins earlier briefly. Um, you're one of his... Uh, I guess trainers, one of his strategists that works with his organizations. I think a lot of people assume that Tony operates on his own. Uh, they see him on the stages, they'll hear his voice on his podcast, but they don't know there are amazing, talented, so many amazing, talented professionals that are on the stages with him. Now, you may not know their names all the time or see their faces, but he's not doing it by himself and he has to be surrounded by the best. So, just a brief question for you on this is what have you learned working directly with him? over the years i would say the biggest thing i've learned from him is to have an incredibly high standard for yourself and like for example COVID happened a quick example our business pre-covid for anyone that's not familiar with tony robbins our main business was ten thousand people in a stadium for three and a half days working on themselves saying how can i become a better version of myself COVID happens you can't have a hundred people you can't have 10 people in a room and so you know he goes from this place of the entire business is more or less shut down overnight. And a lot of people may go, okay, well, you know, how are we going to figure this out? What are we going to do? And he said, I, I demand more of myself than anyone can ever demand from me. And he said, there's, there is a way I will find a way. I, there is a way, like I have a standard that I know there's a way we will find the way. And long story short, he ends up investing $12 million of his own money, builds this fully virtual immersive stadium. And now we're doing an event in a month with 30,000 people all over the world. It's the biggest event we've ever done. And why is that happening? Because of the standard that he has for himself. And so I think that's one of the biggest things I've taken for myself is as I've gone now throughout working with him and in my own life, it's having an incredibly high standard for myself. Man, that just hits me in the face in a really, really good way. And I'm sure listeners as well, that willingness to have a high standard for yourself, to have values about how you choose to show up in this world. At some point, I think we forget about those standards. We forget about those values. And if you have, this is a great time to to recommit to those things and how you want to show up for those things that matter most, your family, your friends, your community, your employment, et cetera. So yeah. And one quick thing on there as well, I think kind of in the conversation that we're having a little before as well, it's like sometimes the standard we have for ourselves as far as what we want to do with our life, because we're around people that don't have high standards, sometimes we accept, I don't have a high standard for how I want to live my life or the quality or that I can really do something that lights my soul up every single day. It's like my encourage to everybody would be, let's use this moment that you're listening to and Tony and I right now to say, let's raise our standards of the quality of life that we want to have for ourselves, whether that's with our career um, or whatever it is we're doing with our life. I'm with you 100% in all that we do. Raise your standards. Even if you just raise it by one degree every single day, holy moly, what a difference that can make over the course yeah. of time. So let's get into this question, Stu. I'm excited, curious to hear what your answer is going to be. This, this this question of the best thing. What's you know people talk about the best thing that have happened to them, and they'll talk about getting married, having kids, graduating from college, 
I mean, we can name all the traditional stuff, right? Buying a home, those societal markers of success. Right. Uh, but I know that some of the best things happen to people wouldn't always show up on a resume or bio. So for you, what's one of those best things that have happened to you uh, that wouldn't show up on a resume that has had a profound impact on on who you are today? Yeah. So um, to kind of go back into my story a little bit, I mentioned it earlier. I joined a business, a network marketing company at 19, and I did that for four years. And to say I was living my best life was like an understatement. Like there's a saying, it says, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I felt this, like I was able to do stuff I loved. I was able to pour into other humans, help other people grow in their life, um, build a business. And and it was just so fulfilling and exciting and joyful. Like I loved it. Um, but I'm a really big believer in following my intuition. And about three and a half, almost four years into that, I got this like intuitive feeling that said, you're supposed to do something else. This, your time here is, is coming to an end. Um, and it was really hard because like I had this organization that I was leading. And so I was at this really kind of crossroads of, you know, do I follow my heart and do I, and, and leave and go see what's next? Or do I stay and continue to lead the people I'm leading, but in my heart feel it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And so um, I believe the universe gives us answers or God or whatever you want to call it. And right around this time, I was given an answer and that was my opportunity to leave. Um, and so I left and I was like, all right, I'm done with this chapter. I'm going to my next thing and life's going to be incredible. And I left. And one of the key things I look back on that I realized now is when I left, I had no plan. <laughs> like my heart was saying, you're called to do something else, go do something else. And so I went, all right, let's do it. I'm going. I took the step. And all of a sudden it was like, I just took the step out of an airplane and I was free falling to the ground. I was like, holy crap, what am I supposed to do? Um, and this took me into probably like the deepest place I've been in my life. Um, and, and like I had, I've had cancer, I battled cancer. This for me was worse than the cancer, which I think is kind of an interesting thing. Um, but I felt for the first time in my life that I was just lost and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I was questioning, you know, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Why am I on this world? Um, and that probably happened for like a couple years, you know, just like, what the heck am I supposed to do with my life? And I would say, I, I have to jump in. I have to jump in real quick. Please. And we'll pick up with you being lost and want to figure out what the heck you want to do with your life. But you said something that I just got to, we can't just gloss over because you said you've, you've battled cancer in your life and you beat it, but you said this was worse. Yeah. So a lot of people may hear that and be like, whoa, what do you, how, how could this be worse? And so now you don't have to get deep into your, your cancer story. And maybe we'll set that for another podcast, but just you saying, being lost was worse. Could you, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So it honestly, it intertwines perfect um, right here. So I was feeling lost. I love action sports. I grew up snowboarding, skateboarding, doing all those things. So I figured I'm going to go move to the action sports capital of the world, New Zealand, somewhere I was always drawn to. And I'm going to, I'm going to figure out my life. I'm going to figure out what I want to do in action sports. That was kind of the idea of what I thought maybe I was supposed to do. Um, so I go there and two days into my seven month trip, I basically noticed there's not something going right in my body. Um, and so 
casually, I had skydiving appointment the next morning. Obviously, go do the jump. It was phenomenal. Then go to the hospital. And I get to the hospital, and they probably do like two days of tests. And at the end of the two days, the classic, sit you down, sir, you know, we have some news. You have some sort of a tumor in your body. Um, it's either benign, meaning it's nothing, or it's cancerous. And so I ended up flying home on the next flight, met with my doctor probably 24 hours, 48 hours later. Um, and he was like, yeah, this, this is cancer. It was testicular cancer. Um, so just quick note for all my guys, just check your soldiers, uh, regularly. I would say, you know, make sure you're going to the doctor, getting all the checkups. I, to just be vulnerable, had one that got larger than it should have. Um, and so I went to the doctor and, and sure enough, it was, it was cancer. Um, that's not the case every time it can be something else called a hydro seal, which is not cancerous. Um, but basically found out it was cancer. And for me, I am a stupidly positive person. I like, I often say I'm allergic to negativity because I just, I don't believe in it. Like someone once told me this quote, it changed my life because, and, and I'm, I apologize. I'm jumping around a little bit here, but it brings me back to when I was in high school, I, I like, wasn't super happy. Um, and I used to like always kind of inquire about like books on happiness and things like that. And one day I came across this quote and it's, it's changed my life. And part of the quote said, every moment you spend sad is a moment of happiness. You'll never get back. Wow. You know, and it's like, it's so true that like, we only have so many moments of happiness that we're going to get in this world. Why waste one being sad or being negative? Um, and so I'm, I'm really positive, right? So this whole cancer thing happens and it was basically six months of just different surgeries. It spread to my stomach. They had to do surgery there. Um, and I got through the cancer and, you know, I'm, I'm healthy today, which I'm extraordinarily fortunate for. Um, and it was, it was an interesting process, but you know, I'm, again, I'm a believer. Everything happened for a reason. I think that was a silver lining and helping me get through the cancer. You know, it was like, this happens for a reason. I know my time's not done here. This is just going to be part of my story and we'll get to the other side and, you know, then we'll see what's next in my story. Um, but I think those were a couple kind of silver nuggets that I took from it. Yeah. So I'm curious, a couple of things there. A, of course, I'm, I'm glad you're okay. And you walked away from that situation. Here you are with us today. So here's an interesting question. Uh, Cause you talked about feeling lost. You decide to leave what's a successful company behind, right? And you said maybe one of the main reasons you felt lost is because you didn't have a plan per se. It's like you jumped out of a plane and didn't have a plan. Yeah. So today, with some experience behind you, how imperative critical do you think it is that we always have a plan or should we leave some some margin, some room for the unknown? How do you see it today? Yeah, I think if you can have a plan, like that's that's great. That's awesome. If you have a plan, have a plan. <laughs> um, but if you don't have a plan and you have that intuitive feeling in your gut, that's always the driver. It's like, if you got this feeling and you go, you know, I think one day maybe I'm going to leave, I'm going to do something different. So, you know, in a smart sense, let me start working on that other thing now so that when in my stomach, it says it's time to go, then I'm prepared. But if in your stomach, you're now at the point where your stomach's saying it's time to go. It's time to move. It's time to go to this next thing that that your intuition is calling you to do. Um, and you really feel it's time to go, then go and jump. And like we as humans, we're, we're ridiculously smart 
creatures. You know, we always find a way. If we, again, back to standards, if we have enough high enough standards for ourselves, we're going to find a way. We're going to fall on our feet. We're going to find a way to navigate through these different times um, and ultimately fall on our feet. So if you can have a plan, definitely encourage it. Um, but if you don't have a plan and, and you got that feeling saying it's time, um, always, always follow the feeling. Yeah. And tell me now, here we are today, how and now, now knowing more of your story, I know I knew about this previously a little bit superficially, but now hearing more of it personally, now I feel like Stu seeing the words finding direction have a different meaning to me. Yeah. Uh, now that I, that I hear those words and I connect them more personally to your story. So as you think about your work moving forward and the folks that you want to work with and, and impact, how is uh, how does finding direction, your podcast, your university fold into that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, before that, I'll give a quick snippet. So kind of, as I mentioned, I went to New Zealand, got through the cancer and then probably for another, I don't know what it was, year or two, still stayed in this place of feeling stuck, stuck, mm -hmm. lost, uncertain, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and basically, I Tony Robbins is intertwined throughout my entire life. It's why I work with him today. Um, I went to one of his larger events and he had this this exercise that you did called the primary question. And what it is in a very small nutshell, keep it quick, is you ask yourself a question multiple times a day, every single day, and it determines why you do what you do. There's good things from it, but there's also bad things because you're unconscious of it. And so my question was, what's my purpose, right? Very fitting. But that presupposes that I have no purpose, right? By me asking it every day, that means that by default, I actually don't have the very thing I'm freaking out and looking for every single day. So like I'm screwing myself over. And so I shifted that question when I learned this to how am I appreciating all the love of my life, God's grace and my ability to serve right now. And the biggest nugget in there was my ability to serve right now. And for me, when I, when I shifted this, when I started to uncover this, I realized that Throughout the business that I was in, throughout the three years that I had been spending trying to figure out my life, um, that I had learned unbelievable skills to help me create the life that I wanted, right? That I, I wasn't quite where I wanted to be, but I had the skills that if I wanted to open any door of opportunity in my life, if I wanted to go into action sports, I knew how to get there. If I wanted to go into self-development, I knew how to get there. If I wanted to go into the uh, movie production world, I knew how to get there. Like I had all of the skills on how to create my life. Now I just needed to apply them and start creating my life. And so it led me to, I worked at Vans for a little bit, the action, number one action sports capital in the world, found out that's not what I was supposed to do. And that ultimately led me to working with Tony Robbins now, who's the number one success coach on the planet. And so really what we do at Finding Direction with the podcast and the university is we look at what are those tools to creating the life that you want? Because it's one thing to figure out what you want to do with your life. And obviously we help you figure that first step out because you need to have a direction. You need to know, well, where am I going? But once you have that direction, the key, the massive key to this is how do we make that a reality? Right? How, how do we turn this thing that we think lights us up into a reality in our life? So we're waking up going, pinching ourselves going, I can't believe this is the life I live. And so those are really the things that we teach people um, within our, our podcast, our university on what is it you want to do and how do we make that a reality in your life? I love it.
And it makes me think about what can be, I think can be our last question on this uh, because you just posed something that really has me thinking right now um, about shifting our questions and how important it is to ask ourselves the right questions. So just based on your experience for that, that person that's listening, heck man, even for me in this moment right now, how, and, and obviously I understand that you could do a full workshop on this question, but we'll look for the brief answer here. How can we ensure, Stu, that we're asking ourselves the right question? Yeah. So I'm, as you mentioned, spot on. I'm a massive believer in quality questions. And so I think the first thing you want to understand when it comes to questions is all questions do is they determine our focus and where our focus goes, our energy flows. So if we have questions and this is, this is, can be a huge shift for anyone listening to this. Sometimes we ask ourselves the questions, why don't I want to do, why don't I know, why don't I know what I want to do with my life? Why can't I figure this out? Why am I, why am I so lost? And our brain, what it's created to do, our caveman brain is give us an answer. So if your brain goes, why don't I know what I want to do with my life? Your brain goes, well, because you're an idiot. You're, you're lost, right? Or you go, why can't, why aren't I good enough, right? Your, your, brain is going to give you an answer to that question. But if you can shift the question to go, maybe instead of saying, why don't I know what I want to do with my life? Ask yourself, what's one thing that I can do today to move in a positive direction in my life? Yeah. And the first time you ask that your brain go, no, 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 you don't know. You don't know. You're lost. You're, you obviously don't know that, but there's a massive power in asking questions continuously. Right. The first time you may go, what's one thing I can do to start moving in the positive direction in my life and figuring out my life? And at first your brain goes, no, dude, you don't know. But you ask it the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Eventually your brain goes, okay, like you're asking this question. Here's an answer. You want to do one thing? Go email that person that you always had a curiosity what they did. And they're in that world that you kind of like, just go send them an email. And also your brain's like, holy crap. Like that's, that's an incredible thing. And you email that person and they go, oh Yeah. I would love to share with you what I do. We're actually hiring people now. And because you asked a different question, you changed your focus, you changed your energy, you changed your actions. So what I would say for people, maybe a quick exercise you could do is maybe write down on a piece of paper, what are five questions you've been asking yourself that have been pushing your focus in a negative way, right into a not so positive way. And then what are five new questions you can start asking yourself on a daily basis to start guiding you in the correct direction. Yo, they, uh, I think people, they should invoice you for that because you just dropped some, <laughs> you, you, you should invoice folks because you just dropped some gems right there. I love that. We have to ask ourselves some different questions and the importance really? of asking questions continuously. So thank you for that, man. That's very helpful, frankly, for, for me right now. Um, so for folks that want to learn more about you, the work that you do, where's the, the best place for them to check you out? Yeah, man. So um, I'm a believer. I'm on this world to help, to give, to add value, to just, you know, uh, to be a vessel to help others in life. And so if I can do that in any way, um, I have a a free guide we created for your audience. It's called Three Steps to Finding Direction in Under 10 Minutes. And if people want to get that, it's at findingdirectionuniversity.com forward slash three steps. Um, And again, it's three steps to finding direction in under 10 minutes. It's, It's basically just a really simple guide that We've learned through interviewing thousands of people through my own experiences in life on how can you start to figure out what you want to do with your life in less than 10 minutes and the key part, making that a reality. So um, again, it's at findingdirectionuniversity.com forward slash three steps. And if I can help in any other way, um, 
please reach out and I, and I will support you in any way that I can. Beautiful. We'll make sure to put that link in the show notes so you have direct access to it. Stu Massengo, I can't thank you enough, man, for coming on, joining us, dropping some knowledge and sharing some of your story. I look forward to doing this again. Absolutely, brother. It's been an honor and uh, thank you so much for having me. And and anyone that's listening to this right now, I just want to let you know, um, if you're listening to Antonio, he is, as you know, a beautiful soul and you are in the right place. Just listening to this, you're going to get more guidance and more direction in your life. So I appreciate you for listening in and uh, have a beautiful rest of your day. And I did not pay him to say that. Thank you, Stu. Thanks for listening to the Best Thing Podcast with Antonio Neves. Join us next week for more stories that'll help you see the world through a new lens. For more resources, go to theantonioneves.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you share with a friend and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.